Hello, and welcome to a special Threat X3 production production. I am one of your hosts, Nick. Here with me today is... Nate. T-Fold. Oats. And we are doing a special episode of Spoiling Endgame. So right now, this is your only spoiler warning because we're pretty much going to go right into it. Which, I mean, just by the title, if you clicked on this, hopefully, you know, we don't really have to do that. But for, you know, legal reasons, because legally you cannot spoil it for anybody. That is a legal fact and you can be taken to jail, to Twitter jail for spoiling. (laughs) Yes, Um, you should. Hey, everybody, this is future Nick checking in. Just wanted to let you guys know that this episode is going to be uncensored. So usually we censor everything with curse words and everything. We bleep it. So just letting you guys know this only affects some of you granted, but I just want to let you guys know if you do have small children around this is an uncensored, unfiltered episode. So enjoy. Alright, so real quick, I just thought let's go around the table and let's talk to people and um, give me your synopsis of what you thought of the movie. So without getting into too many specifics, what was your thoughts of it? Let's start with Coach. Avengers lost in the previous movie. They get it done in the second movie. Get it done. There's a synopsis for you. Boom. Short and sweet. Just like my penis. Anyways, t falls. <laughs> It's about the usage, okay? It's, it's right? not about the motion of the ocean, <laughs> not the size of the puddle. It's the effectiveness. <laughs> no, yeah, it, it was a fantastic movie. It, yep. I can't. I want to go again. I know I think some of the other guys here have seen it twice, and I'm thinking about it. I'm not sure yet. Right. Some of us are poor and can't afford to go multiple times. <laughs> You rich bastards in Texas. <laughs> Unless AMC, A-List. We are not sponsored by AMC, but we should right. be. I'm waiting for A-List to do the family plan because it doesn't really make sense for me to be. I mean, it does in a sense, but I feel like a jerk if I'm getting it for free and my wife has to buy a ticket. I mean, it's still it's that's, cheaper. That's totally true. I, I think the same way, actually, because like. Yeah, it'll be. I mean, there's even some movies like I would go see and like my wife wouldn't. So it would be cool for that. But yeah, in general. But anyways, okay, Nate. Um, So Endgame is it's a movie that you just won't expect. I mean, you feel like you know what's going to happen and then it just completely surprises you 100% for the most yeah. part. Yeah. Um, it, it's it's everything that Infinity War wasn't in multiple different ways and we'll break those down uh, mm-hmm. here in the episode, but um, it's, it's definitely gotten more humor. Um, mm-hmm. It's definitely, I feel like to some extent, depending on who you are, is a more enjoyable movie um i can agree with that yeah in some aspects but it's it's phenomenal it's 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 not the best movie ever made because i still think the dark knight holds a big title to that as far as cinema goes but but it um it's it's definitely a master like people said before it's a master class in cinema we've Mm -hmm. never seen anything like this before this is a culmination of 10 years now 22 movies counting in game and it's it's a very very well done end to this current saga that we're in yeah, and definitely. and can I just throw in there? I know that I went first, and I kind of threw it away by making a joke, but I just want to say real quick, I thought the acting in this was 
better than most other Marvel movies, just in general. True. True. Um, not not to say the acting is ever like horrible in Marvel movies, but right, I feel like course. in this movie you really got to see, you know, Chris Evans really act. I thought um uh Hemsworth really did a nice job with his, you know, Robert Downey Jr. is always fantastic. But I feel and like Johansson. And Johansson, oh my gosh, you know, people tend to forget how great of an actress she is, you know, because she gets these kind of side roles in the Avengers sometimes. And mm-hmm. but I, I thought that the acting in this movie overall was just really top notch. Yeah, definitely. Um, I mean, I think I think the only thing that hasn't been said, or I guess maybe you said it, Nate. Anyways, th- this was an event. You know, this was this wasn't just a movie. It was an event. And to think that, and we'll talk about this more near the end of the show, and to think that this may or may not ever happen again, that this is the first time and maybe even the best time, you know, it might happen again, but at what degree will it happen again? You know, and just the culmination of like so many different storylines. And I really feel like there's there's a couple of things that you can say about this. This was the most respectful movie to the whole MCU. You know, there are other things out there that was pretty much like, they're just throwaway, you know, stories, you know, like I love homecoming, but it's kind of a throwaway story. I liked black Panther, but it's kind of just a throwaway story. You know, there's so many out there that were just kind of, you know, they were establishing and now looking at it as a whole, it like it just it's so unbelievable that this could actually happen you know growing up and reading your comics and everything and you're like this is so cool and even hearing the f- the first time it's like oh blade's going to become a you know a movie it's like oh that's marvel that's kind of cool you know man now how cool would it be to have like a marvel cinematic universe or whatever nah that'll never happen and like you can never like fathom that a company could actually pull their shit together and like pull something like this together, you know? And it's just, it's so like to this day, like I'm still like, there's so many things I'm thinking about. There's like, this is a movie that sticks with you. If you go and see it, it just sticks with you. Whether it be in the positives, the negatives, whatever it is, it just like, you can't not think about it for days afterwards. And I feel like that's just like, that is the biggest accomplishment out there. You know, it's like, I'm going to give Nate a hard time because he's like, oh, the Dark Knight, whatever. It's like the Dark Knight was good. The Dark Knight was fine. It was well acted, just like this was well acted. But the Dark Knight and no other movie in cinematic history can ever hold the same light that this experience had. Even the first time we got to go back to a far, far away galaxy and we got to see that for the first time, that was an event. And then we saw Han Solo for the first time and Chewie and, and people cr- cheered. And then they saw they saw uh, R2-D2 and they cheered. It's like being in that atmosphere was just so intoxicating because it's like I'm here with my people and just like every time they'd see an old character or every time they'd see something they'd go freaking nuts or whatever but even that is not the same because even that saga half of it was crappy (laughs) and the other half is great and then this new half is you know 
So, but still, this is a event. This is, you know, what do you say? 22, including this movie. Yeah. 22. What other franchise comes even close? Like that's a, that's a legit question. That's a legit, like 007 might be the only other one that comes pretty close. Right? No, because they don't build on each other. They're like, they're like, I'm just saying franchise wise. But yeah. I would still say no because you're not getting repeatable characters <laughs> outside of James what I'm trying to say. I'm just trying to say that movie wise, number it is a 007 movie, whether or not the they're the same, you know, universe or whatever. I'm saying that that's the only one that comes close because they're all 007. They're all James Bond or whatever. Yeah, sure. I mean, uh, you could also make the argument that something like uh, Planet of the Apes with the rebooted version. Uh, because it gives a lot of nods to the old ser- to the old True, series, yeah. and it also became a TV series, came comic book, you know, so that sort of thing. Um, but I'm I'm rather with you. There's nothing yeah. quite like what we saw. Me, I mean, it, me. it is a movie that my kids are going to ask me about. Yeah, when I saw it. You know what I mean? Like it's that that's the level of importance this movie has. I feel like yeah. now I'm I don't think it's the greatest movie. You know, I, I'm with. Uh, Nate, you know, Dark Knight all day, but yes, yes. but in terms of the impact of what it meant, the event of it, that sort of thing, I'm right there with you. Yeah, I can. Yeah, sure, whatever. <laughs> whatever. All right, so um, now we're gonna go into the actual nitty gritty of everything. So that was just our short thoughts of it, and so now let's get into the nitty gritty. Now, one thing that I did happen to notice from all the spoiler talks that I did see you know whether it be jeremy john or the angry joe or chris stuckman or whatever whenever they were talking spoilers they kind of just hopped all over the place and it was a little frustrating because they would talk about something at the end of the movie then go back to the beginning then go back to the middle then all right so the way we're going to handle it is we're going to try to go chronologically and so um you know i made sure to make notes we have a nice little outline and so we'll make sure to keep this in order of how it happens. You know, whether or not we talk about something is another case. We might not take a, talk about literally every single scene, everything single little like Easter egg or whatever, but we are going to try to keep it at least in order. Cause I feel like when, when you're jumping around, that just makes it confusing. Cause then like your brain is like trying to like rewind the movie and get back to that part. So you can actually like visualize it. So I just felt like this was the better way to do it. Agreed. Agreed. <laughs> Agreed. Okay. So, um, so I, like probably one of the, one of the like in most interesting decisions, I guess was for them to open up on Hawkeye and his family. Like, I think it was, sorry, go ahead. Yeah. I think, I think it was great um, because yeah. it immediately answers the question that everyone had in infinity war. Where was right. <laughs> And so it's, I like when they do these cold opens. Um, the only other one I can think of that they did this for was black Panther mm-hmm. before you actually see the Marvel studios um, <clears throat> theme pop up. Um, whenever he, it was like in the nineties in Oakland. Mm-hmm. Um, that's the only one I, I can think of that's done it, but I like when they do this because you don't expect it. And yeah. it's, it's, it's it was also very impactful to the story. Yeah. yeah. I liked how there was like rent. no music or anything. So you really just got to soak up the scene for what it was. Yeah. And it yeah. definitely sets the tone for the 
first half or almost all of the movie. Pretty much, yeah. <sighs> well, the, the next big thing it did for me was it kind of showed just how devastating the snap was. Yeah. You know what I mean? And now, granted, this is somebody that we cared about, but I mean, you start thinking about, you know, millions and millions of people and that sort of thing. It just really showed just how impactful everything was mm-hmm. um, to where you're like, man, that really sucks, you know? Yeah. And for Hawkeye and like the millions of people that got dusted, I guess, nobody had a clue what was going on. Right. Yeah, that was the one thing because, like, when it happened, everybody that we did see get dusted had a pretty good idea of what was going on. Like, oh crap, we lost or whatever. Um, but at the same time, it was still very clueless. I felt like the best decision or the best reason for this decision is it really showed it on a personal level. Like when everybody was getting dusted at the end of infinity war, it was pretty much just, here's a hero. Here's a hero. Here's another hero. These are people we grew in love or whatever, but it's also like, that's what they signed up for. They Mm -hmm. signed up for, you know, putting their lives on the line and just like a cop would or a firefighter would, they signed up for this. So it sucks, but, Hey, it happens. Whereas putting this in such a personal, this is a family, you know, this is quite literally a mom and kids and a daughter. And I'm obviously for me having a daughter myself, like imagining putting, putting myself into that. It was like, it was like the beginning of up again, where it's just like, Oh, I'm just going to start off crying. I mean, let's just get right into it. Pixar. There's something I, I also really enjoyed is there's a very meta moment in this that I don't think they intended. Um, but Hawkeye very much asked the question that a lot of people were asking during the scene of who the hell puts mayo on a hot dog. <laughs> <laughs> when, when that happened, I, I had that thought. And then when I left the theater and started reading some stuff, everyone was like, what sadist puts mayo on a hot dog. And then seeing it again, when he says the line, who puts mayo on a hot dog? I was like, okay, I enjoyed that. You, you understand that people were going to ask that same question. <laughs> Uh, yeah, no, and, spoilers and, i do not uh, what? i do mayo ketchup and mustard so it's okay like, the concoction uh, i can yeah okay it's like a fries mayo like by itself come on now i mean if that was the implication then yeah i wouldn't do mayo by itself but yeah i do mayo put it on the bun itself and then mustard on one side ketchup on the other side of the dog okay so what kind of monster this kind of monster <laughs> yeah and I, I thought that was also a really good showing that like people i thought i did a really nice job of incorporating that because we all know what that moment was building up to right Even if we had never seen the movie like mm-hmm. the or uh, infinity war we knew what it was building up to. And just for a brief second, it gave us some humor. It gave us some, mm-hmm. you know, that sort of thing. Uh, so I thought that was great on that from that end. Yeah. Yeah. It was definitely, it almost, it almost tricked me for a second. Cause it was almost like, Oh, it's only his daughter. But then he turns around and the rest of his family's gone too. And I'm like, Oh damn. Cause like, I was definitely wondering because we know, you know, talking about it, soon but we know when he turns into ronin that he was obviously fucked up somehow so like was it his whole family was it not 
you know, was it not the whole family? Yada, yada. So yeah, I just, it was a really nice way of opening the movie. Cause like, I feel like as soon as it started, like I'm, Oh no, you're going to make me watch this. Like this was a scene that everybody knew happened, but it's like, Oh no, you're going to make me watch it happen. So it was just, it was such an interesting way of opening the movie, you know? Um, then we cut to what I thought they were going to start the movie as, which was Tony stuck out in space. And so this was really interesting because you have two people that really don't even know each other. Like Nebula like showed up like after the fight had begun, right? Yes. Yes. Yeah. So, I mean, these, these people don't know each other. They don't, they're like, but yet they had to watch each other's friends get dusted and everything. So it was like, okay. <laughs> Yeah, and and we'll talk about it more. But Nebula, I thought this was a great movie for Nebula because largely, I feel like I'm in the majority of people. I could care less about Nebula as far as yeah. the entire MCU has gone on. Hated her in Guardians. Obviously. You know, every everyone makes fun of like Ronan, Ronan. Like just her voice couldn't stand it. And then she's kind of got some redeeming, but she's always been viewed to me as an unimportant character. But like, especially after seeing this movie, I want to go back and rewatch Guardians 2 to see if I actually notice her development as a character. But um, she she has a very good arc in this movie, and I <laughs> really, really enjoyed it. And I think this is the the start of it. And it also shows in more ways than one, Tony's just impromptuness, just the fact of he is he is very anything he can think of he can set his mind to the whole thing of them having to um like re restore systems to give them more power it's like tony's never been on a spaceship before but he with how smart he is was able to figure out how to reorganize not reorganize how to redo things in the ship and like basically understand it as he's doing it so it, it shows just kind of how ingenious he is so I think that helps a lot uh, in seeing it in this movie. And it's also one of those that it's a little bit lighthearted in a sense because, you know, they're playing football and it's it's he's trying to bring this character out of Nebula. Um, and it's, 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 it's a very good scene. And it's also just like the first one. It's impactful, but also has like really good moments to it. Yeah. 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 No, I, I love that. I love the whole opening to this movie. Um, and I still kind of consider this the opening, but I really just loved how they knew that Doom, like their end was inevitable, or at least Tony did. And I guess Nebula eats, like, I guess I'm, I'm not too sure. She's still an organic person. She's, she's a cyborg, um, mm-hmm. but more, I mean, she's more robotic than anything, but she still has organs. Right. Right. But it just showed that side as well, you know? So I thought that was really, really nice. Um, and then I also wanted to talk real quick about just the paper football thing I thought was great. Mm-hmm. I thought it gave a lot of character to both of them and the fact that Tony Stark is trying to, you know, basically kill time. He's getting a bond with Nebula. Nebula's kind of understanding how humans outside of Thanos operate, yeah. um, you know, that sort of thing. So I, I thought that that whole bit was really great. Yeah. And I mean, like, I, I think like seeing, seeing Tony that way too was definitely 
really cool because like at first you know we just see tony and it was just kind of his face or whatever and then i don't know if it did a time jump or if we just didn't notice but then when he's doing his message he's like severely like malnourished 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 thank you um he's very malnourished and it's like you could see his bones and everything i was like wow i mean first off they handled that pretty good because like it was it was obvious that it wasn't him but it wasn't like chris evans on his tiny body you know what i mean yeah it was it it was a lot yeah it was it was a lot i think there is some sort of time jump because when he's giving that message to the helmet it talks like he talks about how like we we resorted power to give us some more flight time and then now now we're stranded so i think when we first see them playing football i Uh think i feel like that's probably maybe um maybe a week or so, or maybe a few days after the snap happened. Um, and then like when he's finally making that message, it's, it's towards the end. Like, so then captain Marvel shows up and comes to save the day, which I mean, don't worry about that. She's not going to do that too much in this movie (laughs) because she pretty much shows up and then like, you know, takes him to earth. We find out it's been like 28 days, you know, um, I felt like it was it was a perfect it was a nice moment to see like Tony and Steve kind of interact because they didn't even technically interact in Infinity War. You know, like he was even apprehensive about calling him. So then just seeing like a familiar face, because obviously, like we established, you know, Nebula, he doesn't know who that is. But seeing like a familiar face and be like, oh, my God, you're still here. And then right after that, him seeing pots or whatever, I was like, like, oh, something something important about this scene which a lot of people had an issue with Captain Marvel. Oh, she just showed up. One of the things that I, among a lot of other people were thinking is what happened to that scene at the end of Captain Marvel? I, among other people were thinking the same thing. You didn't see Captain Marvel, right? I did not know. Do you know the end credit scene of Captain Marvel? I know uh, enough about it. (laughs) Yeah. So basically in the end credit scene of Captain Marvel, it shows the Avengers at Avengers tower or not Avengers tower at, uh, at their base Uh with the pager. And they're like, they're trying, they're like trying to see where it's coming from. They're like, send the signal again. And then it dies. And then they turn around and Captain Marvel's there. And she asks where Fury is. A lot of people are like, well, wait, did that scene just not happen at all? Apparently that scene happened off, off screen. So that scene happened. We just don't see it in terms of in game. So from my piecing together of it is that scene happens. Then that, that leads her to, go and find Tony. I guess they have like, this might be where they're at or something like that. Right. There's, there's some things that like, maybe they, I, don't, I don't know, but there's, anyway. there's a throwaway line where it says something about her, like scouring space for him. Yeah. So that's, that's how she got to be there to save them. Mm-hmm. Initially I thought, Oh, she was on her way to earth tracking right. that signal. And she came across them, but I think it's the other way around. I think she went to earth and mm-hmm. then they're like, Hey, you need to find Tony. And she came and picked him up. But a lot of people had an issue with the scene. Um, in terms of, I guess, Captain Marvel just like, oh, this is the reason for Captain Marvel so she could save Tony. But I didn't take issue with it, but I, I thought uh-huh. that that definitely was important that that scene happened off air, happened off screen, and that's the reason why she was there. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Well, can I just say, I personally did not like anything with Captain Marvel in it. Like, yeah. I don't know what it was. It just felt very unearned. Yeah. I think and I, I mean that's about it later on, but the only thing I'm super happy about was like 
she's not the reason why they defeated Thanos. Right? Yes, like, that's the, that was like the biggest thing. But up until then, it was still very annoying. Yeah, it was. It was when I first saw her. It was kind of a moment like, "Ugh, it's gonna start already." You know what I mean? Like, yeah. "Oh no, here we go," or whatever. But I am very glad that they didn't. You know, and then she was very snarky because she's like, you know, oh well, what makes you think we can defeat, you know, Thanos? Even though you know we already tried. It's like, well, you didn't have me. It's like, well, yeah, where the hell have you been? Oh, you know, there's a lot of galaxies out there, and not all of them have you. So it was like, that was kind of a nice, you know, throwaway line. Like, oh, okay, she's admitting that all these other planets don't have you, and so that's why they need her. So it was almost like, oh, okay, she's kind of given some of the power back to them or whatever. Um, I did like how yeah. they called her on it, though. Yes. Like whenever she's yes. like, I'm going to go kill Thanos. I'm like, whoa, 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 hold on. We do think yeah, there's a team here. Right, exactly. <laughs> you know, I like how they called her on it. Yes, I'm so glad that they did that because, like, um, that goes back to what I was saying before about respect. Like, they're just respecting the timeline. And that was one thing I feel like a lot of people, even when Captain Marvel first came out, that was one thing that a lot of people were worried about is that Captain Marvel's just the, you know, unlock key to defeating Aunt, uh, Thanos. So I'm really glad that they decided to do that. Um, so they find out that, you know, the stones have been used again and then we go like right back into space or whatever. And this was definitely a moment where, like, Whoa, wow, we're already here. Like I was, this threw me for a loop personally. Cause it's just like, I didn't expect us to go back to space this, this quickly or for them to find Thanos that quickly. Yeah. No, this that, that was, this was one of those turning points in the movie. I was like, so the movie is listed at three hours. Is it actually only 15 minutes and they just fooled us all? I mean, <laughs> this, is, this, this is definitely a calling in terms of this is not what you're expecting. Like, right. I, I when we've we talked about, I think, on a nerd to the third where we theorized what we thought the movie was going to be. And this wasn't in it. Like, we had a feeling like this was this is going to be the beginning they're going to talk about the time high stuff like in the middle of the movie. And then they're going to have an action scene at the end. Like that's what we theorized, but this part I wasn't expecting. And honestly, this scene kind of felt like it could have been either a Marvel one shot or the end Ooh, of infinity yeah. war, but that's yeah. how the scene felt. No, 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 no. I, I do feel like them ending infinity war the way they did was perfect. And I feel like I agree, was, but I'm I saying feel like this maybe this should have been what was before the Marvel logo. Like maybe this should have been the cold open because um, so obviously they get there, they subdue him. They cut off his fucking arm. I'm like, Whoa, God did. Why did you try that before? But okay. <laughs> and then that, and then he basically talks about how, well, I destroyed this. I used the stones to destroy the stones, which at that point Thor just cuts his head off. And when that happened, I was just like, my jaw just dropped to the floor. I'm like, Oh, it happened. Okay, you know, I had that moment kind of like coach was starting to hint at where like, wait a second, isn't this supposed to be three fucking hours long? Yeah, yeah. No, and, and like, I will say, I think that this movie kind of pushed the boundaries of the violence that was in the movie mm -hmm. um, of, of all these movies, like, oh, yeah. like almost like, man, if this was rated R, this would be awesome. <laughs> right yeah like it was already awesome but it but i definitely feel like they kind of pushed what they could do violence wise to get the pg-13 rating 
Yeah. Well, but it's because they're aliens, you know, and that, that was something I liked later on in the movie as well is, is there's always been a commentary of this is D- Disney. This is Marvel. They can't actually kill people. We'll see the maim like humans, like right. especially in civil war, like that whole fight scene where <laughs> cap knocks a guy is like, you literally just killed that man. Like you just right. gave him a brain in brain injury right there, but they really like buckled down on this. I think it's cause it's, I think it's cause it's aliens, but I, I enjoyed that commentary on, on the movie as a whole. Um, there's also that great line where, and as the viewer, when rocket says in that voice of what did you do? Like, it's like did, Thor, did you just cost us everything? And then he answers it with, I went for the head. Yeah. It's like, Oh, oh so You're good. About 28 days too late there, buddy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I also you know. felt like for him, it was just a moment that like he needed to do. It's an earned moment. Could- yeah and and like you could feel it like it was felt and it was very much like thor is a very like just straightforward kind of guy like when he says we got to go to niferidilia or something like that someone's like that's a made-up word he's like all words are made up and i'm like yes yes they are (laughs) so for him to be like he's very matter of fact so thanos told him I use the stones to destroy the stones. Nebula is like, Hey, my father's one thing, but he's not a liar. He took it at face value. Like, yeah, I mean, look at him, look at him. His, his entire arm that the gauntlet was on almost looked like, you know, like shriveled, but, you know, it was, it, he had his like right arm for instance, and it was like masculine and very much a quagmire arm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> and so, and then it was like going up like his, I, I think it was even like half as it was like, half right? his, yeah, that whole yeah. side of his body. Was so, like I mean, you could tell something happened and before it was just the gauntlet when he did the snap. So like, I feel like, yeah, he took it at face value and it's like, you know what? Like he still needs to pay for what he's done. And he just, he just did it. You know, he's like, well, we don't, we have no more use for you. If you destroyed the zones, we don't need you anymore. You know, and so that's kind of the decision he made on the moment. But it was like everybody else was still trying to decide whether or not he was lying. Yeah. 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 No, and and I did not really fault because, I mean, there's really only one or two things here. Either Thanos actually destroyed the stones. You kill Thanos anyway. Or he didn't destroy the the stones. You got to kill him anyway. Right. Mm -hmm. Like, because you can find the stones. So he's dead no matter what. Yeah. Yeah, no yeah. matter what, he's dead. So I didn't really care too much about that. But it was definitely the suddenness of it. Yes. Like, much like you where I was like, okay, here we go. <laughs> yeah, it was just, it was like, obviously, after Infinity War, we knew that he was going to die. We knew that something was going to happen and he was going to die. But for it to happen so quickly, it was just like. Within the first 20 what? minutes of the movie. Yeah. You know, and then it's like it cuts to black and then it's like five years later. I'm like five years late. What the hell is going on? And so um, for me and you guys can correct me if I'm, or you guys can give in your two cents. But for me, that was the moment that the rest of the movie, I had no idea what the fuck was going to happen. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I still speculated the time ice. Um, yeah, I, yeah. I hoped I hoped there was going to be a time jump. Like I wanted, I think I even told you that as I wanted to see. I despair. think you did. Yeah, I wanted to see despair. I wanted to see them broken. I wanted to see right, them try to build five it back years. Back up. Yeah, that that, was like yeah, 
I agree like with that. a couple of months or something, or even like a time jump, but they're very coy about it where they don't actually say how much time has passed. I was expecting something like that for them to just straight up mic drop five years later. That's what I wasn't expecting, you know, cause like there's so many instances where they could have done a time jump. And then the only reason we could speculate how much time has passed is by certain dialogue you know choices that they make or whatever but instead we just boom five years later it was just it was just this like gut punch like oh my god agreed yeah no and, and i love how they did it too it was a pure black screen and then just the words kind of pop there or you know they i guess they kind of slow rolled it five mm -hmm. years mm -hmm. later and I was like, okay. Now, as soon as they did that, I knew there had to be some type of time jump in between. Yeah. Like, like, like I knew there had to be some type of time jump of some sort. Now, I wasn't quite sure how it was going to happen, but I didn't know if somebody like Ant-Man came to the future, mm -hmm. like from the past, you know, I wasn't quite sure how that would work. Cause I honestly forgot all about Ant-Man being stuck in the quantum realm or whatever mm -hmm. until he kind of pooped out, you know? Um, but so I wasn't super surprised, but I was definitely surprised at the five years later. And I thought the next 10 minutes or so of that before Ant-Man gets to the Avengers headquarters mm -hmm. was 10 of the almost 10 of the best minutes in the movie. I can agree yeah. You felt the yeah. despair. You felt the, the angst. You felt the heartbreak of all these different people. You saw how society just never rebuilt. Um, it was one of those things where... I really and I really enjoyed that aspect of the movie, you know, yeah. it, for the first time in basically all the Marvel movies outside of maybe a couple of times in Infinity War or Civil War, you got a pretty long stretch of these superheroes just kind of existing, people existing, mm -hmm. having emotion, that sort of thing. Yeah, I mean, if you think about it, you know, the battle for New York happened and other than like throwaway lines, it was pretty much just like, yeah, we rebuilt. You know, then Sokovia happened. It was a whole country that ha was lifted up and was going to be crashed into the earth. And even though we did get civil war out of that, it was very much like, you know, yeah, we rebuilt it. You know what I mean? And yeah. so for this one where it's the decimation was so, you know, far and wide that like there was no rebuilding and like, like you saw it just from that moment you see Steve and he's in a like support group. Like there's five years later, they're still trying to get over this. And then Russo does a cameo, which I thought was kind of cool, but Russo does a cameo. And like the line he had was very, very poignant. And that he basically said that a, you, you know, you don't get better. It's just that you cry a little less each day. Yeah. This was wow. interesting to me. Um, you know, because Cap follow follows his statement, which I thought was poignant and which I thought was beautiful in a way to end the scene was when he gives his story about him. When he flat mm -hmm. out was like, I met the love of my life before I went into the ice in, in, 45, in, in 42 or, mm -hmm. or whatever, whatever it was. And then I woke up 70 years later and he's like, you got to move on. What I found interesting about this scene, though, is leading up to it in game, they called in the universe. This was called the decimation. Mm -hmm. The thing is, is they never say that they flat out like he in that same line of dialogue he flat out it's like look if we don't move on then thanos wins thanos might have just snapped all of us 
Yeah, you might as well have killed us all. Yeah. But that's what I thought was interesting was they don't refer to it as a decimation. They refer to it like there's just Thanos directly. Like these humans are, are, are know that Thanos was the one who did this. I thought that that was a very interesting choice because yeah. when they said it was the decimation, I thought it was going to be like, oh, most people who don't know what's going on, they just know like everyone was decimated. But the fact that they're in a support group, which, you know, Steve is the only hero there. He's Captain America. Everyone else is just a normal civilian. He just flat out like Thanos. Like that's common knowledge that Thanos is the person who did this. I, yeah. that was fascinating to me. Yeah, definitely. I mean, cause like in other movies, maybe there was a government cover up or whatever, but like this was big enough where there was no government government and also kind of showing what was left of the government where like black, Black Widow was kind of the leader of S.H.I.E.L.D. And because one thing I thought was weird because you didn't see it in any of the trailers, obviously, but it was like, you know, it's like, isn't this technically a post-apocalyptic world? Wouldn't there be bad people? And so they answer that almost immediately with her scene because, you know, she's talking to everybody and they're taking care of some of the people that are basically raising hell rather than pulling together, obviously. And I thought that was that was kind of a cool scene or whatever the only thing that really bugged me is she still had blonde hair you know and it's like if you didn't literally just tell me that this was five years later it's like okay she's never had uh she's never had a haircut and even if the the blonde hair at the end of her tips wasn't as long as the blonde hair that she had in infinity war so it's like I don't know. It's like, so, why, why are you showing me this? This is what bugged me. And I, this shouldn't bug me in the slightest, but when my wife went to cosmetology school and was, was a hairstylist oh, geez, for many yeah. years, I, I leaned over and I asked her, I was like, Hey, is that normal? Cause basically what they're insinuating is that bright red hair that she has is her natural hair color. Right. But she decided, she decided she wanted to dye it blonde in infinity war. But it, here's the thing. And I, I know this is a movie, but whatever. I was like, wait, I leaned over. I was like, so are they saying that that's her natural hair color? And th- that's the reason why her hair is like that is if that's the case, her color is coming back over her hair, but that's right. not how that works. And so that's, that's, that was one like, like movie breaking thing for me. I was like, okay. And my wife was like, yeah, she was like, I really didn't care for her, her hair in this movie at all. Like she, mm-hmm. I was just like, okay, whatever. That's like the most minute thing. But after seeing it again, you know, Scarlett Johansson throughout this whole movie, she easily her best performance in in this entire universe yeah. was great there's parts in the film where i was just like uh but seeing it a second time i really respected it and enjoyed her performance a lot more yeah 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 no i that's what i was saying in the beginning was i thought the acting overall in this was probably the best in the whole series you know uh, and, and specifically from scarlett johansson i thought jeremy renner did a great job uh and then i, I really thought chris evans really did a fantastic job all the way through yeah uh, so I, I was really big into the acting in this yeah. movie for sure and, and i mean if i feel like it's because it's the first time we're seeing these people who lost you know oh time and time again they won but now they lost yeah maybe and and can i just say i was also super happy with the fact that you know they had the the holographic uh conference basically with all the i guess the the patrol or whatever they had going on yeah with you know, rocket and warhammer and then captain marvel was there and i was like oh great she's gonna be in this entire thing when she's only literally had the one instance in the one movie mm-hmm. and then she like disappears for the rest of the movie basically and i yeah. was just like this this pleases me yeah like i said back to back to respect they're respecting you know they're respecting the lineage of the mcu rather than you know, the unlock key. Uh, so then Ant-Man 
gets saved by Splinter. I thought that was really funny. <laughs> yeah, the entire movie just wouldn't have happened without this chance. So, um, Greg Miller, <laughs> Greg, Greg Miller from Kind of Funny, uh, Gary Witta. We don't know he he wrote uh, Rogue One, but he's also just a very prolific um, screenwriter. He's a part of Kind of Funny. He's one of the guys that works with them. And so they'll always talk with him about movie stuff. So he shared on one of the podcasts. He was like, hey, Witta, how do you think Ant-Man's going to get out of the quantum realm? And Greg gave this idea that was very close to what we saw. And then uh, <laughs> and then Gary was like, no. He goes, all right, Hollywood, how would you do it? How would you write it? And he was like, well, he's probably going to get found by a bunch of kids and they're going to like let him out. And that's how it's going to happen. And then he said after the after Endgame came out, he was he texted him. He was like, you know, nothing. <laughs> and it was one of those like, like, oh, yeah, how is he going to get out? Let's just have a rat walk, walk across the control. No. That's it. And it, I think that was good. I think it probably would have been too much, too much on the nose if something forcibly like let him out. Cause it's, it's one of those that, that as the viewer, if you're paying attention, you would be like, Oh, as a plot point, someone needs to find him. Whereas it was just a happenstance thing. It leads it up into the air. As far as like, like T was saying, if he hadn't walked across that, this whole movie probably wouldn't have happened. Yeah. And it also sort of explains why we jumped five years into the future. We jumped five years into the future because, you know, nobody thought to push a button, you know? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, but I, I, I also thought this was this was interesting in the sense that seeing Ant-Man come back and he has no idea what happens, you know, yeah, kind of like that in that point. first that was, scene. That was intense. Right. Kind of like in that first scene where Hawkeye didn't really understand what was going on. But here he is. Not only is he coming back and he has to learn that it's five years in the future, but he's coming back to a world that is absolutely decimated. <laughs> um and the like that one part with the uh, memorial, and he's like frantically looking for his daughter. That was so oh, powerful. That was heartbreaking. Yeah, that was that was one of the more impactful movies too. And I should have mentioned this too. I thought this was I thought Paul Rudd was the secret star of this whole thing. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I thought this was one of the better things he's been in, even including the MCU in a long time. Mm-hmm. I, I really enjoyed Paul Rudd in this movie. No Thanos, though. Unfortunately, spoiler alert. No Thanos. <laughs> no, no, no Thanos. No Thanos. That's the Thanos is the theory that Ant Man needs the way oh, that he's gonna ha, defeat. Ha, ha, they ha. called it Thanos. Oh, okay, gotcha. <laughs> um Yeah, so uh, so we get we get Ant Man back, he gets back to the uh the people, you know. Um and so he kinda ha- he kind of you know, oh, I guess we should bring up, you know, he sees his daughter, which is really nice, but that's kind of a throwaway scene. It's just like, hey, I'm alive. <laughs> but, <laughs> you they, know? But, but the MCU is doing something important because with Hawkeye's daughter at the beginning and with this, they are starting to sow this. They are starting to plant the seeds for growth in the MCU. Yeah, you know, yes, a lot of people think absolutely. and the fa- and the, the one line where he goes, you got so big. That's obviously a, a line to her being stature in the comics. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they, they, they did a really good job ending this saga, but also like saying, Hey, don't get ahead of yourself. Don't get ahead of yourself. Oh, no, I'm just saying that like early in this movie, they, they do a fantastic job of doing yeah. that. It's not just something they're building to at the very end. Like it's, yeah. it's this movie over and over again. It's just. Mwah. Mwah. So, um, this is where we 
find out about time travel because basically what he says is that for me it was only like five hours or something yeah. so he's like me it was only five hours i was only in there five hours so this is where they kind of this part of the movie um i was worried about i think even if you go back to nerd to the third i was worried that most of the movie was going to be like hey let's get the band back together or whatever and i was like i'm not looking forward to that i want action i want you know because infinity war was pretty much just like boom 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 action scene after action scene there was a little bit of breather here a little bit of breather there but it was just non-stop action so i was really worried that we were going to get like a kill bill 2 type of situation kill bill 2 or volume 2 is good but like there is so much more expositional dumps in the second one than there was in the third or in the first one which kind of seems backwards, at least in my personal view. So that's kind of one thing I was worried about. But I'll have to admit that this whole getting the band back together was actually one of my, you know, obviously other than the climax or whatever, this was like one of my favorite parts to see like all these characters five years from now. Yeah, Yeah, seeing it again, that that completely further further the point. It's one of those that a lot of the scenes I forgot, I forgot loosely, of course everything else in the movie but seeing it again i was like i love this scene i love this scene like this whole mm-hmm. planning phase and it was it just, yeah so good <laughs> yeah we get to see tony he's got a daughter now which once again anytime like anytime i can kind of insert myself into a story is really good and it just helps you know so like inserting myself into like tony's situation it's like oh he has a daughter so do i you know it was just interesting and so like i could understand why he was like you know you know i would love to go back but then what about what do i have right now you know and he even though everybody else is still you know messed up from the decimation he actually does seem like he's making it work you know, so for him to basically go back is for him admitting that what he has now is not good enough. He's the happiest he's been in 10 years. True. Like out yeah. of everyone being crushed by this, he's the one of the only people that have thrived. Yeah. Which brings us to like, well, the only other person smart enough to do this is, and then it cuts to <laughs> Professor Hulk. And I was just like, what? Now, I, I'm a big comic book fan, but I actually didn't know this was a thing. The, but basically, like he merges Banner and and Hulk together, and he becomes Professor Hulk or whatever. I didn't know about this, so when I f- first saw it on screen, I'm just like, "What? What's going on?" <laughs> yeah, I think was this was this one thing I had to explain to you. You were like, "Because at first, I think you were like, I didn't really care for that," and then I was like, "Well, no, like this is no, a good I thing." Don't think so. Oh, it might have been in my imagination. It. Maybe yeah, it was in your imagination. Yeah, I like this. Yes, but no, it was great. And this whole scene, like the <laughs> the thing with the photo, and so <laughs> the <laughs> I'm sorry, it gets me every time. Calm down. The whole thing with the photo, and it's like, oh, that's great. And then when yeah. it, I see, to me, it, I think it did go on a little bit too long. The whole, come on, he wants to take a photo, but with him ending it, just take the goddamn phone. I was like, <laughs> it was like, okay, I'm done with this conversation. Like, I don't want to do it anymore. Um, uh, but yeah, this this whole scene and Professor Hulk probably Ant Man, I think, is the star of the show. Like Coach, like Coach was saying, but Professor Hulk was one of my one, if not my favorite part, character wise in the movie. Just because I feel like he didn't get a whole lot of love in Infinity War, you know, just because he couldn't. Right, he wasn't he, there. <laughs> he, he wasn't there, you know, and if he was, he wasn't really useful. But it's, 
this is probably my favorite version of Ruffalo in this in this series is as Professor Hulk. I think he really, really shined performance wise. Mm-hmm. Well, not only that, like you were talking about Stark, seemed like he had moved on. It seemed like Bruce Banner had his life going on too. <laughs> yeah, true, true. Yeah. He, he was finally at, at one with himself. Yeah. Literally. He himself. He he, you know, merged these two personalities. He is, I guess, a bit of a celebrity at this point. Like mm-hmm. he he kind of lived his best life in the five years after, you know. So it was probably like the the basically the first time we had seen this Mark Ruffalo's Hulk be happy with his life. Yeah. Other than in a gladiator stage, <laughs> he was he was pretty darn happy there. Yeah. Well, yeah, but you know. Hulk was happy. That's true. Banner wasn't happy. That's true. Yeah, yeah. Good point. Um. So then we do finally get to uh, catch back up with Hawkeye slash Ronan. This whole scene was awesome. I loved it. Like it was like now this it was, was like the first action scene that we true. had for like what twenty minutes or so yeah 20 30 minutes maybe yep so i mean that that was like the first thing was that we had went so long without any real action scene also we had like this big one here and it was quite awesome like you say so it wasn't just action it was line heavy too i mean the line when he's like thanos thanos got everybody else you got me or something something along those lines it was like it was just like yes and then the line where he was like i'll give you anything he was like what what i want you can't give me Sink. It's like, oh man, man, that sword. Oh, that sword. Oh, <laughs> love it. I'm trying not to just like jizz all over this movie, but it's really, really hard. Jizz my well, well, now I actually kind of want a Hawkeye movie. And right, right. Uh, this is like, I kind of want the movie, what happens between the snap and the five years later. Like, yeah, that's an, that's maybe that's where the series will be. Like I mean, make that a series, you know? What yeah, I mean? maybe like, that'll be the series because they have that for the Disney Plus or whatever. Oh, okay. Well, maybe that is, but uh, that's that's kind of what all I want right now. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And I just like the setup that it has as far as like reestablishing Black Widow and his relationship, which is also like foreshadowing because it, you know, I I feel like you know. Obviously, the last time we really saw them interact was sort of. It was at the uh, end of Avengers two, right? Yeah, I want to say it was Civil War, and they were fighting each other. <laughs> yeah, yeah, well, it was Civil War. Friendly though. Huh? Know, yeah, they were. Oh friendly. yes, yes, yes. Okay, yeah. Yeah, the but, last time they were friendly to each other, yeah, it was like you know, a couple movies ago. So to see to see that and kind of reestablish it or whatever, and then like. I, Probably the biggest shock, even more so than Professor Hulk, was Fat Thor. Oh, this whole yes. scene, dude. That I think I think Fat Thor was probably the most cringiest part about the whole movie to me. Like it was really first, but after that, I didn't really care for the Fat Thor Thor thing. Like, so I'm gonna look at this the way Nick is going to. I think me and Nick mm-hmm. again are on the same page on this. Uh, I can see where you're coming from from that, but. I think Thor's role in this movie is the most important because as the viewer, this is the one person that is completely broken by the whole thing visually Mm -hmm. and just in his dialogue. I mean, he's just not the same person that he was. Yeah. Uh, Now speaking of cringe, I want to, I want to, I want to ask everybody here. What was everyone's thoughts on the Fortnite thing? 
I mean, that I mean they still have internet connection and they still have people playing Fortnite five years after a decimation. I mean, Thor was having trouble with the cable guy. <laughs> That's well, let's talk, a good point. Yeah, let's talk about like bringing Korg and, and Meek back. Oh, that, oh, like that's this is what I love about the scene is it shows it, it shows it's it starts to show how Thor's gonna be throughout the entire movie, but they just they just that whole scene he was like, Thor, uh he's back. Yeah. Like, he, he he called me an a-hole, yeah. And like he go he gets on the and actually I found out after the fact someone made that account. Someone made an account for Noob Slayer 69 and in their bio said, got my arms ripped off and shoved up my butt by Thor, but I'm still here. <laughs> um, but that whole, he's like, he's like, yeah, thank you, Thor. Thanks. He's like, let me, let me know if he does it again. Okay. Like, yeah, sure thing. Here's, here's a potential plot hole. I'm not usually one of those guys, but a potential plot hole is, you know, we can, we can guess that on the, on the ship, he knocked out half the people. We can guess that. However, in that same scene, he blows up the entire freaking ship. So were these guys just floating through space and they happened to just float down to Earth? Because even when we first see Thor after that in Infinity War, he goes up against the windshield. So he's just floating out in space. So how did all these people get here? I mean, I know it's such a little thing, but it's like, I don't know, like a this throwaway is, line would have been really appreciated. This is one of those, again, Captain Marvel things where I'm pretty sure it happened off screen. So it could easily be that they were either, they either escaped out, jettisoned out, or maybe before all that happened. Um, uh, what's uh, Idris Elba's character's name again? Um, uh, Heimdall? Uh, Heimdall. Maybe Heimdall like, got some of them to safety before they invaded the ship. Yeah, you know, because so, there's mean, a little bit of a window. That kind of that's up shit. to that's up to Infinity War's fault. Then it's not Endgame's fault. It's Infinity War's fault because either way, that really made me feel like watching that scene. Like made me feel like okay, that's the entire Asgardian race that he just killed. Right. I had, you know, and so then to see them back and here's new Asgard and oh, there's Valkyrie. No idea where the hell she was for you know for the whole movie, but Hey, here she is. Like, I just uh, don't understand why they decided to do that. I was pleasantly surprised that this movie was a lot better paced than infinity war. Yeah. Like in my opinion, this was, even though infinity war was more wall to wall action, the entire movie, I felt like this one was paced just a lot better. And yeah. that, that, that goes to what you're saying. Now they couldn't, I don't think they could have done that infinity war because they wanted it to be wall to wall action, which it was, but I see right, what you're saying. Like one line. One there needs to be some explanation for it. it. Yeah. Yeah. Like, like, like Heimdall saying, you know, saying like, you know, well, I mean, I guess he does. He does. If you want to read into it before he sends Banner back to Earth, he's like, give me my strength one last time. So you could read into it and say maybe he did that I before. Guess, yeah. <laughs> I don't. But I see what you're saying. That is kind of a plot hole. Yeah. As far as just like any explanation would any explanation would have been fine because then you can make the argument that if they were teleported to earth, like you're trying to say, then why weren't some of them helping out in the big battle at the end of infinity war? Yeah. So, I mean, that's why it's to me a plot hole because it's just like, here they are. Ta-da. And it's like, that's what it feels like. It just feels like, ta-da, because what the fuck, yeah. man? But the but, last, I mean, back, back to what we were saying about Thor, I do feel like, this is the one character that is the most changed. Cause like Stark, 
still snarky, still, still a snow it all. I don't know. I'm sorry. He's still a know it all. He still has the same attitude that he had five years ago. Steve is still that, you know, little pretty face that you just want to punch in the face. You know what I mean? And then Black Widow and even Ant, even even Ant-Man, he didn't change that much because like his daughter didn't even die. So like there was other than, yes, his girlfriend was decimated or whatever. He didn't really change. So like Thor was the first character. Well, technically Professor Hulk, but Thor was like the first character that we've seen that was really affected in in such a way, you know, like, and I feel like, you know, it, on the one hand, did they have to make him fat? No, but kind of like what you were saying that they showed it both internally and externally that he was just broken. He basically just found a corner of the world to just drink himself to death, you know, and I'm pretty sure if he wasn't like this Asgardian God, the amount that he does drink on average, he was, you know, if anything, maybe he was trying to kill himself, but he's, you know, metabolism yeah. or, you know what I mean? So they, they start off the scene very humorous in the whole Fortnite thing. And then that's what's great about the scene is they end it where Professor Hulk says Thanos and you see him like he's putting up this front and then that front just disappears. Yep. Yep. And he has D. Yeah, he gets PTSD really, really bad. Um and that's just, again, it just, it characterizes him in a light that we haven't seen before. Now, the only thing I'll say as far as the fat Thor thing goes, is this is actually a good thing for Hemsworth because Hemsworth has said before, like them doing this makes it to where it's easier for him to renew his contract in return, because that was one of the biggest complaints he had was sure. I love eating 90 pounds of chicken for six months. You know, if they, they, I don't think they have to always make him fat, but if they are already starting to be like, Hey, he doesn't have to be this Greek God every time it makes it easier for him as an actor to come back and, and to, to do things. I don't think they'll keep him fat. I kind of hope they don't, you know, but um, th there's, th that's, what's great about fat Thor is it's multifaceted in the mm -hmm. character as well as in the actual real life implications of, for the movies. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, so the band's back together and they're planning everything. Um, this was also kind of a good montage in a sense that there were, it wasn't montage in the sense of, you know, there was music and then there was just stuff going on in the background, but it was a montage because it was very much one scene after another kind of, here's all the exposition you're going to need. They just got it done and over with really quickly. And they really, I mean, even though there's, you have your nerds on the internet already tearing this a new one, they did a really good I, job of really, explaining why they couldn't just go back to Thanos when he was a baby and, you know, kill him. <laughs> that was a great scene too. Yeah. I'm like, why can't we just, you know, oh, first off, yeah, that's but messed up. <laughs> <laughs> Second, all that's not how it works. Yeah. They definitely, they, they, they knew time travel was going to be a big issue in this movie. So they tried to early be like, Hey, no, like this isn't how it's going to work. Yeah. So, I mean, I felt like that, that, and then also them trying to figure out, okay, well, what time could we go back to grab it, take it back here and then put it, still be able to put it back. And so that whole like scene leading up to it was like really cool, especially like, especially because they do a really good job of not really telling us. Um, because like, for instance, like black widow has the epiphany that, Hey, if we go to the right year, we have three stones in one place, but they don't outright say, Hey, back in 2012, you know, like, so I felt like they did a really good job of not really 
showing all the cards until they do the test. They get into the machine. They go back in time and boom, the, the title card comes up. It's 2012 and it's the battle of New York. And I'm just like, what? Yeah. They, that's another thing they did is, and people pointed out is they made this also a very retrospective movie, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. showing you these events, but that was, what's great about us. They showed them in a different light. This, this probably was my favorite part of the movie. Just seeing yeah. these different scenes played out in different ways. It was, it's one of those that you believe that this actually happened, but you also kind of consciously know that they shot this after the fact, but the way they do it, it's like, I could have, I could have seen this happening. I could have seen them yeah. having the interactions with shield, you know, mm-hmm. very well yeah. done. But yeah, that is probably the most interesting is just seeing these things that we know and love. And this kind of just goes, I, I know I've been saying it all. This is the theme of today's podcast, which is respect. R E S P C T. But this whole thing is very much respecting the MCU as a whole, which also is just foreshadowing how much of an end of an era this whole entire movie is. Because we're going back to these different times. We're seeing them from a completely different angle. You know, things are getting messed up. I mean, there are screws up, screw ups and everything. But it's like such, you know... If you want to be nitpicky, it's like, oh, well, what happened to Loki? And oh, no, he has the Tesseract now. But oh, no, Tony Stark sees his dad and they talk and he doesn't think to himself, wait, that sort of looks like my son. Did you fuck another guy? You know, instead of focusing on things like that, they really just go into it. And it was just like it was just a good time. It was this nice little time heist, (laughs) you know, Um, and I really I really liked it. I really liked it. And I mean, um, Going back to like expectations, I think all of us can agree that we did expect there to be some type of time travel involved. But for me personally, this is not how I saw it going whatsoever. I kind of expected them to go back to like the Battle of New York. I didn't expect to see it like this. I thought that they were going to have to interact and like replace themselves, but just to see like them just cut away like, Oh, the battle of New York happened. This is what happened after the fact. And then adding so many different things to it, the whole stairs thing. That was great, you know, and getting answers to stuff that we didn't know we needed answers to, you know, Mm -hmm. this whole, especially battle of New York part is just full of, it's full of fan service. I will agree with that, but I think it's deserved fan service. It's stuff that like, you know, like the, the biggest line, which I think you'll get into here in a second, people were like, Oh, that's just fan servicey. Yes, but the way you end that part with that smirk, it's like he knows what he's doing. He knows what he's doing. Also, one of the best, the elevator. Oh, oh, Hail Hydra. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, just say it, dude. Like, well, I thought I thought you were gonna bring it. Okay, I'll do. No. (laughs) Yeah, with the whole thing with him in the elevator, and it's shooting it like it was, which is one of my favorite scenes in the MCU is the whole elevator fight from Winter Soldier. Mm -hmm. And you're like, wait, is this gonna happen again? And then he's like, well, no, give it to me. It's fine. And they're like, uh, I don't know. And then he leans over and goes, hail Hydra. And yeah. everyone was like, well, it's like, oh, that's fan service. But when he walks out of the elevator and smirks, kind of like, yeah, gotcha, yeah. gotcha. Also, it was the same time when he like when he's like America's ass. He's like, that is America's ass. Yeah, like, yeah. it was very cheesy. But in the moment, it was like it was. Yeah, it was very deserved. Well, going back to what coach was talking about. Like this is this is one of the things about the movie that I want to interview the Russo brothers about is it's a complete tonal shift from anything we've seen. We're not mm-hmm. seeing these characters act like at all. But like the scene when he encounters himself again and they're fighting and 
2012 cap goes i can do this all day and, and yeah, yeah, goes, yeah, i know yeah, yeah i know it's like you, we never see that side of captain america so it's great to see like just you know that these guys had such a fun time shooting this movie because yes. it's it shows but that whole part where he was like he's like oh i know i know and then it's it's one of those like whenever he's got him in the chokehold and he goes bucky is alive he knew that that would affect him and right. he was able to knock him out and it's just this and the <laughs> And then the whole thing with uh with Thor and the hammer when uh Ant-Man gives him that shock and he's like, wait, I'm gonna do something, I'm gonna try something, and like does it, he goes, It worked. I didn't think it was gonna work. You know? <laughs> right. It's um and yeah. then like going going back to like I believe this happened. I believed that we probably would have seen the secretary in that in that part. Like the way it was shot, I believed that, that could have already happened. Mm -hmm. So now in during that scene. I'm just wondering, I have a general question about the whole time travel thing and the consequences of what they're, what they've been trying to do. When Loki just gets the Tesseract and poofs away, does that all get mitigated because Cap goes back later? Yeah, I think okay. so. Well, that is a good that, question, though. Because, like, that's I my theory. Timelines and, like, yeah. things can happen either way. And the whole point of the film was then going back and placing each stone back in the original place. Yeah. I mean, I feel like it was maybe just a way for them to kind of, but them not showing how cap goes and returns the stone, I feel like was purposely we're going to head ourselves. We're going to head ourselves, but yes, yes, yes. I personally, I personally believe so. Well, can I also just say this, that and again, we are getting a little bit ahead of ourselves, but since they took the stone at a previous time, and then they put it back at that same time, so to say, then Loki still has yes. the phone. S supposedly, so, but I would think that while he's back there, he probably fixed what happened. I don't know. We can assume and or Loki has his own series, and that's how it starts is with him teleporting away. I, and Loki I think and I think that's what we're going to get. Yeah. Personally. Yeah. I, I don't know. To who, I, yeah. Yeah, really. Um so, the, I mean, that's the space stone, the time stone, you know, um, then there's the soul stone. And I, I had the same, you and me talked about it afterwards, Nate, but I actually had like a similar situation where like, I almost forgot somebody needed to die in order to have the soul stone. Cause I'm just like, do, 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 do. and it was like, it, it wasn't until they actually got there that I'm like, Oh, Oh yeah. Oh crap. One of these guys is going to die. Yeah. This scene initially, honestly, like, uh, we talked about it before. It didn't do anything for me when I initially saw it. You know what I'm saying? Hold on. Sexist. Well, no, it, I mean, it's one of those <laughs> that like, I think because of how much they were fighting, it almost seemed humorous. You know, it, it was important, but it almost seemed humorous. But the whole thing with, you know, of course, one of them in, ends up sacrificing themselves and ends up being, being Black Widow. Right. That scene didn't do anything for me emotionally. And I even said at the end, at the I, after my first viewing, that I felt like the Gamora scene was a lot more impactful for multiple reasons. One of them being that's the first time we humanized Thanos. Um, but seeing it again, I did tear up especially mm -hmm. when they were hanging off the edge of the clip and she was like, you gotta let me do this. And then his distraught for the whole situation. And then after when he gets the stone, him just slapping the water that did get me. So yeah. maybe it's just one of those that once I knew it was going to happen, I could pay attention more and respect the scene more as a whole. Right. Um, but that was a lot of people's complaints was how much they were fighting. It almost seemed humorous. It almost didn't seem like I didn't get that at all. Personally, well, because I didn't get the humor out of it. 
Yeah. Well, I mean, it wasn't humorous, like haha funny, but it was one of those, they're fighting so much that it's, it's, well, the one thing is someone made a meme of that crazy looking Fox. That's like how red skull, how red skull was while they were just fighting, figuring out who was going to kill themselves. <laughs> that was funny after the fact, but, um, yeah, definitely after seeing it the second time, I was like, okay, this scene does mean a lot. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. So, I mean, yeah, black widow dies. And I mean, this is one of those where uh, it's been established that, you know, she's dead for good. So it's not like if they do go through it and they do get everything good, like it doesn't matter. She's gone for good, you know? Um, then, I mean, we have to go back further in time and, you know, like I kind of already said how Tony talked to his dad or whatever. Um, then we get the gauntlet. We get Hulk is the only one like, they they think that is powerful enough to actually do the snap or whatever and so you know what were you saying oh, i was just wondering um the whole nebula scene on i forget what oh yeah that's very important the her yeah. like oh yeah yeah the whole thing on on morag which I, I i don't know like i do feel like that was kind of a weird thing like yeah. i i do feel like that was the most movie thing that they could have done in the sense that you know it's like well we need past thanos to somehow find out that there's something going on so let's just turn on the wi-fi for <laughs> nebula like that was the one part that I felt like that was the only manufactured thing in the entire story. And it just sucks that that manufactured thing happens to be a very key part of the story. I can agree with that, but I love that. That's how we're seeing Thanos again. I was curious how that, that was one of the things yeah. I was curious about was how Thanos was going to be a threat in this movie. And I like how it's past Thanos realizing, Oh, Hey, I won. They're trying to stop me from winning again. And that's right. how we get to where we're at. So I see the delivery of it. I can see where you're a little concerned with as far as the actual, the way it happened. Yeah. Um, but I think it's just the Wi-Fi part, just the, yeah. like, honestly, if Thanos still would have figured out what was going on, but it was because maybe you remember in guardians of the galaxy, Chris Pratt goes down, he grabs the thing and then they're supposed to be giving it to uh the collector uh, not yeah. the collector the uh, the what's, i don't remember the guy who's with the, the bad eyebrows. guy who's the bad guy ronan 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 so they're supposed to give it to ronan and ronan was supposed to give it to to thanos so like like i feel like a better way to handle that situation was like thanos was already watching over that stone and like he was waiting or something like that would have made more sense than, than what they ended up doing, at least in my opinion. Cause yeah, just the whole Wi-Fi, it just didn't make any sense because not only could they see what she could see, they accessed her memory banks. And so that was just the, that was the jump too far. Now it wasn't enough to ruin the movie. It's just that out of all the things that people nitpick, I don't agree with them. However, that is the one that was like, for me, that's like, okay, yeah, I totally agree with that. And it, and it definitely doesn't necessarily ruin it, but it also is just like, I just wish they would have come up with something different. I wish they would have come out with something a little bit more smart in my, I mean, in my opinion. Now, the only other good upside to this whole interaction with Nebula is it makes Nebula, Nebula more important. It, it shows, yeah, true. It shows the growth. It it literally shows the growth in her character from what she was, and that that's what I think is very funny. Which shows, like, in the past 
Nebula, it's the same thing as how I felt in Guardians 1. I hate this character. I don't like this character. Mm-hmm. I, I, you know, I, I just... Like, I understand her motivations of wanting to impress her father because her father's literally torching her, but I just don't like it. I don't care for it. I don't like her performance, but it literally shows her growth as a character, you know? So that's, it's, it's one of those, there's multiple great things that come out of this whole interaction, but the delivery of it, you know, I I don't necessarily agree. I mean, to me, it makes sense. The fact of like Nebula's network is very unique, but now there's two different things there like how is that possible yeah i just i guess they never really in this they almost like control her in a way so why didn't they do that in infinity war because in infinity war she was straight up fighting her father so why didn't they control her at least that's the way they made it seem like is that they could just troll control her they can shut her off or whatever which is what they ended up doing essentially so like why didn't they do that before basically her her brain was being because there were two different versions her brain was being like her brain basically the two different versions their brain were trying to be the same consciousness and they were overlapping that's not how they that's not how they portrayed it they portrayed it as squidward pushing a couple of buttons and making her shut down are you talking about when she was in the vault like after they got the yeah after they get it War Machine goes back forward in time, but she stays there. And it's because they do something to make her stop in her place. No, no, she didn't. No, they don't shut her down. Yes, they do. No, they don't. When we first seen it twice now. No, they don't shut her down. They don't do anything to her. When you see Nebula in the past, she is getting the frequency from what she just saw of, of Rhodey. The same thing happens to the present Gamora after they get the power stone. They don't shut her down. The same thing happens to where she's like, something's going on and she sees what Nebula in the past sees. Okay. They don't actually press the I'm button. I'm just going to have to see it down. again. Cause I completely disagree. They be, did, be, I really feel like they did something. To well, cause she runs, down. no, she runs immediately out of there and runs to the ship to try and say, Hey, Thanos knows we're coming. Like they don't actually shut her down. They, right. They then, but they still, they make, I don't know whatever they didn't do anything I'm t- yeah see it again they didn't do anything to her she was seeing what the past nebula saw and saw that thanos knew what was going on yeah i i remember that part i'm just saying they also did something to her because that's the way that's the way they made it seem um so what was i saying uh, the delivery hulk, of the wi-fi network hulk hulk um hulk does the snap um he says he tried to get black widow back um right at the same time like we see we see like thanos's ship like burst through the burst through the ceiling or whatever so we're like okay that's weird um and this was really well done because like everybody like got ready for battle because like when they were did the snap they were like they wouldn't know they didn't know what to expect so like everybody got ready for battle like uh cap or uh, Iron Man put up like a shield. Everybody's like getting in fighting stances. I thought that was really cool. Um, the only part I didn't understand is that like Ant Man went out and he saw birds, and that meant that everything was okay. Like, were there not birds before? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, it was. I think it was. Well, I think it was just the atmosphere. Like, yeah, they, it was mm-hmm. very dark and desolate. But because he didn't just snap like half of humanity, he snapped half, half of all living things. So there, mm-hmm. that means that there was probably a portion of the species that didn't exist anymore because he snapped them away. So it was mostly, but I see just, that's a big complaint with a lot of people is how did he see birds and know that it worked? But right. I think, I think they knew that. And that's why at the same time they have the whole Hawkeye call thing. But at this moment was the part where the movie tricked me. 
I was fully expecting to see, oh, Tony's going to pick up the gauntlet and this is the time that he's going to use the infinity stones. And that's not what happens. And Hulk has that great line of, I feel like I was made for this. That's another Easter egg foreshadowing thing from Mm. the past movies of his entire journey has led to this moment. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I mean, I don't, you know, the, the whole snapping the birds thing, like that was just more of like a, you talk about that was the most movie thing they did. I think that was probably the most movie thing they did. You know, hope yeah. and peace and, you know, that sort of thing. So, yeah, good. No, it, that didn't really bother me. Um, so then going back to respect, once again, theme of today's podcast, um, going back to respect, having the three main people be the ones that like fight up or have the showdown with, uh, with Thanos. I thought that was just like, like I was, I was kind of like, a lot of people out there. I'm not a sexist. I know I have to say that every time that this conversation goes, I'm not a sexist. However, the fact that it's just like, please don't be, or please don't have Captain Marvel be the end all be all, please, please. And so to have this moment and the way the rest of the final showdown happens was just like, just so freaking earned. Once again, going back to that as well, it was just earned. You know, these are the three most people that like just really had the most impact in the entire MCU in general. And to have them, they are the ones that start the fight, you know, and I felt like that was just so good. This was the first time audibly that my wife was like swooned by Fat Thor when he (laughs) (laughs) whenever they like and and, like I like how they did it, too. You see Thanos's resolve. Thanos is like. I'm going to win no matter what. And he straight up just sits down and waits for something to happen. And that's when you see the scene of them coming up and they're like, what's he been doing? Nothing. He hasn't been doing anything. And then when he calls Mjolnir and Stormbreaker and like he transforms and that beard gets all like tied up, my wife audibly went, oh, and I looked over at her. I was like, (laughs) what? (laughs) (laughs) Um, But yeah, this is, this is the start of, of just, a fantastic climax like Mm. this. Oh, this is I, this battle was went far and above what I could have expected or hoped for. Definitely. Definitely. I mean, I, I, it definitely tried to trick you because if you remember captain, captain America gets his shield fucked up. And so not only does he get it fucked up, but half of it gets torn away which is exactly the same half the same way that tony stark saw it in his vision of the future and so when i saw that i'm like oh crap is is something bad gonna have is captain america gonna die is is are they gonna reference that in some kind of way other than his shield being broken that's really all he did it um but then like the big like cream moment happens where like the hammer comes in and you're like oh who's wielding it who's wielding it and then of course the dun, dun, dun. it's like fucking captain america with molnir i was like yes yes please after talking about this we did realize that we mixed up Sh- captain's shield being destroyed and him getting mjolnir it's reversed so you know don't talk to us in the comments about that we know not just yes, the fact please. that he wielded it, how he used it. Like when yes. it came to him, all of my theaters started like going like they were like cheering. And then I was like, yeah. oh, that's awesome. This is when I start grinning. But when he's like doing lightning and like doing the spinning thing, I was right. like, this guy, I was like, this is whatever. I was like, let's go. I was so hyped when this was happening. Yeah. And it's just, 
<laughs> and then Thor has that great line where he's like, I knew it. I knew it. Right. <laughs> but like, that's, that's also something too. Like this is when we thought that stuff was going to happen. Cause I mean, he straight up is sticking Stormbreaker into Thor. Yeah. Like, oh, Thor's going to die. And then like, right. oh, the savior comes in, but Oh my God. This was, this was the, and here's the funny thing is, that, <laughs> hold on, hold on. Your, your cat's just going to town on himself. <laughs> uh, uh, get it nice and clean. Get it nice all and the clean, corners. <laughs> <laughs> um, when I watched it again, like I wasn't grinning ear to ear like I was the first time, mm -hmm. um, but it was still like, yes, it was still just like a let's, mm -hmm. like, it was just, is such a fantastic moment. And it's something that again, like you were saying, respect, this was earned. This yes. was 100% earned. And it was even teased. It, yeah, it was very much teased. There's also some conjecture behind that, but it's pretty self-explanatory. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that. <sighs> Man, it's 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 one of those that and here's something about uh Cap's shield. You know, they always talk about vibranium like it's indestructible. Right. I was thinking about this. Is is Thanos' sword vibranium, you think? Well, I mean it's an alien metal, so it would like, make sense. It, like vibranium is a unbreakable steel according to Earth standards. Yeah, but to him, yeah. Yeah, but that was when I saw it a second time, I was like, wait, is his sword vibranium like that? I mean, that would make sense why it's being able to cut through it. Um, but, it, you know, you see Captain America going to town on Thanos and then he ends up just getting overwhelmed. And then we get that fantastic scene where where he goes like he's knocked out and he's Thanos is like, oh, yeah, I got you. And then he stands back up like half dead, basically a giant gash in his arm, his shield broken in half. And then he just straps that on. This is when Thanos' army, I think, is starting to come in. Yeah. And he like straps down, like he's like, I'm about to take all of you on. And then we hear that voice on your left. Mm -hmm. Or actually, te technically, he goes, Cap, are you there? And you're like, wait. And then he goes, on your left. And then this second viewing is what still had me like grinning ear to ear. This yeah. whole scene, you start to see Doctor Strange's portals just opening up. And every and there's there's a line that I missed. There's a line that I missed where Cap uh, um Doctor Strange looks over at Wong. He's like, Do you get every he's like, is this everyone? He goes, What you wanted more? <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> but th this is also the only time in the movie that I was a little bit like, uh, on was whenever um because Black Panther and Shuri and um, what's uh, what's her name? Michelle. Okoye. Okoye. When they come through and then you see behind them this giant Wakandan army, I was like, okay, like I know that much of the Wakandan army didn't disappear. But it's one of those that like immediately after that, I was like, I don't care. They're about to full team don't up. Care. It's fine. It's <laughs> totally fine. And then you see just everyone come in. And actually, if you didn't catch it, and I've talked to you about it, but Howard the Duck, when the, when the Ravagers or when the Reavers are coming out of their portal, yeah. Howard the Duck's in the background. Right. But this right. moment, it's just like, hey, we're back. Hey, we're back. And then when Hope comes back, it's like, yes, let's go. Like it's whenever everything's said and done and everyone gets through, it's just this one army against another. And I'm like, oh, uh, like this legitimately apart from Mjolnir is like a cream moment. Like, right. And then Nick, I'll let you do the honors. What yeah. happens next? Yeah. So Cap finally gets to say Avengers assemble. And that was really cool because they even teased it. in what was it? What was it? Age of Ultron. 
Age of Ultron. Yeah, he's like Avengers, uh, and then it cuts, and it's like you bastards. <laughs> I didn't know. That's the thing is watching this. I didn't know he never said it in the past yep, ten years. He's never said it in the past. So like this was like um once again earned respect. The themes of today is earned and respect, and it's just like oh my god. And then you get like you get like uh uh pepper pots comes in with their freaking iron man suit as well and like all this stuff and even the ladies get a chance to assemble which was admittedly like a moment i was like ah come on guys like what are all the men doing just jerking off in a corner or something but at the same time i can admit i have a daughter and i can admit that having this moment this moment in a huge event having this moment where this is this is a franchise that has just so many characters and you know avengers one was the rotating scene where it rotates around them they're all getting ready for battle and so anytime people would talk about avengers that's the clip they would use and then in the second one it was when they were in the snow and they all kind of like jump forward like cap is on his motorcycle iron man's flying hulk is like you know winding up for a huge punch and that was their thing and then you have like the civil war they're running towards each other and then um infinity war infinity war had this moment the same moment where they had everybody in there running towards the thing and so to have a moment like that but only ladies like i have to admit it's kind of freaking cool like the fact that this is such a a rich and diverse like universe it feels like a universe because of course ladies would join in the fight you know and i do have to admit for like a second and i got over it very quickly so it's okay guys um but for a second i was like oh here we go i i, I let the inner deadpool take over and i'm like here we go end end battle cgi yeah <laughs> well th- what's also great about them coming through the portal is in in a line you know when peter comes comes back through he quickly explains what happened. And so you right. don't have any question as to what happened. And, and this is the second time watching it so, uh, up, up front. Second time watching, I was way more emotional than the first time. 100%. Mm-hmm. So when they have that moment, he was like, Mr. Stark, it's like, we, you know, I was knocked out and then I woke up and Dr. Strange was like, Hey, it's been five years. We need, they need our help, which, <laughs> which kind of answers multiple questions. One, right. it answers what happened to them in the snap. It's like, it's like that they, they were just knocked out and then they woke back up. Mm-hmm. And then the scene, whenever, he's just talking and tony just hugs him and it's i got super emotional about that i was like yes because this is yeah because this is a character like he's never had this this fatherly until he had his daughter never had this fatherly like figure love and he has this love for this and actually going back to the beginning of the movie that's what makes him make this decision Mm -hmm, when he mm -hmm. sprays the water and sees that picture of and then he's like well let me figure it out that was also a great scene but um that that in before the action explains what happened and i thought that that was well done it it didn't really leave any answers but what you're talking about about that about that it doesn't leave any questions yeah yes um but you know the battle's going on and you know this is like coach was saying at the beginning where they're touched like really like doubling down on the whole killing thing when we mm-hmm. finally get uh peter saying insta kill and he's right. like i got it i got it yes i don't got it i don't got it i don't got this guys um, i don't got this but this scene apart from her like apart from the action scene this is one of the captain marvel scenes i really enjoyed was when she came back and you know obviously destroyed his ship um when she was talking with peter peter sit there holding the gauntlet and he was like hi 
And Hi, ma'am. Like, um, um, Peter Parker. And she's like, hey, Peter Parker, you got something for me? Like, I liked that scene. Like, it was very, like, I don't want to say humanizing because she is a human of the character. But um, I it's it's a, it's a Captain Marvel scene in this movie that I really enjoyed. It's just that small interaction. And then, then whenever they do the team up, it's like, oh, how is she going to do it? And she's like, she's not alone like it was in Infinity War. But double way more doubly so mm -hmm. it's it was i was with you at first i was like okay this seems on the nose but quickly got over it i was like okay this is just awesome in general like, that's, and like, also this is leading into the whole potential of them being an a-force you know that's right. another thing is is they're kind of you know building towards but this scene it, it's it, we're obviously not going to cover everything because it's just there's so much too to much. much there's too there's much. way too much but there's of course that great scene where for the first time you see iron man and pepper just teaming up back to yeah. back oh yeah. it's it's so good but but uh <laughs> you know there's also little things like and this is whenever like the battle's happening and then we're like okay so what now like we we snapped what do we need to do and then there's like, has anyone seen an ugly brown van anywhere? And then they hit the horn and they're like, okay, this is the moment where we're like, all right, this is our next objective. We have to get the football over here. Uh -huh. And then just what follows is just another. And also for, for me, since I had seen Ant-Man and the Wasp again before seeing Endgame the first time I enjoyed that scene when they were trying to figure out what to do. And there's that small scene with uh, Hope and Scott, Ant-Man and the Wasp, where she's like, got it, Cap. And he gives her that look because he gave her, she gave him so much crap for calling him right. cap. That was such a great little moment. But um, this yeah. whole, this whole scene, like it, it's not just action going on. Like it's giving us like, Hey, we need to get to this point. Yeah. And you know, what follows is just, is just great. You know, he obviously destroys the van. It follows. He obviously <laughs> destroys the van. And so they're like, well, what do we do now? Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean this, oh God. Yeah. This whole thing so much, you know, so much, so much, so much, just so much. I mean, I, I don't know how else to, how else to put it. Like, there's just so much going on. And, you know, like that one second I was talking about how, oh, here we go. A big CGI battle at the end, but they earned it once again, going back to earned, aren't I? Um, but they earned it because it's like, even infinity war, as much as I love, 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 love infinity war. It was very much like CGI battle at the end. Okay. And it was a good CGI battle. I'm not saying it was a bad one, but it was just like, here we go again. Uh, they just had to have some excuse. So here's a, a, a ship that spews out a bunch of creatures. Okay. We've never seen these creatures. And for, for that matter, why wasn't it the Chitari? Like it was no, well, no, these were like four legged things that like, right. Go on. There were also Chitari in there. Like it's basically saying that he's got a giant army, pretty True. much. True. Like, yeah, yeah, I guess. They're, they're I never saw the any Chitari. Whenever they're doing the initial where people are landing, the guys, the humanoid guys with the guns, those were Chitari. Oh, that makes sense. So then they send in the drones. Send in the drones. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. That makes sense. All right. But anyways, okay. Going. But yeah, I mean, as much as that was awesome to a certain extent, it was very much just like, oh, okay, here we go again. But this. I had it for a second, but I got over it. I got over it so fast because then just the the sheer look of them going towards each other. Now, okay, me and my wife had the exact same thought in our head. And I want to know how many of you guys had the exact same thought. There was a small part of me that was like, please, God, do not end it right when both the armies clash. 
<laughs> there was a part of me and like i talked to my wife afterwards and she had the exact same thought i'm like oh i i did too but it's like i was like you know are they just gonna end it right when they like thank god they didn't but like did anybody else kind of have that come across their head not really no not i don't know why one. no yeah not i don't that. know why but like that like the way th- they were setting because, it up almost was like go ahead well i think if this would have been like Maybe like if this was the first part of the week, but like no one yeah, was the true, end. True, true. <laughs> like I, that never crossed but my still, mind. There was this but that is hilarious to think about. Right. That is hilarious to think about, and I I never had that yeah. occur. Mm-hmm. You know, but I don't know why. Honestly, I I don't know why. Like, but for some reason, there's like there was this small part of me that was like, don't just like smash cut or something. Like, just don't, please don't. Okay, we're good. We're good. <laughs> so. I mean, the fallout from this was also really good. I mean, I mean, obviously, let's talk about the reverse snap, the reverse reverse snap. Um, you I, know, I'll just say this: I didn't realize that whoever wielded the power of the Infinity Stones, I guess, has the power to dictate who dies. Right? Yeah, well, it's I really it's whatever just, at your will. Whatever it's your desire. will. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I'm, I'm just saying, like, I just never like, I just for whatever reason, I never put that together. Right. So yeah. when you know, because when Thanos died, saying you're just like half the population. Like immediately, my mind went to what he was saying earlier in the movie was, "I made the mistake by not killing you all, where the mm-hmm. world didn't know I existed or whatever." And I was just like, "Oh, plot twist! He could have just again could have not done this whole movie." And that's so a, it was. Go ahead. Finish. Go ahead. I was just saying that that was like one of the things that really kind of stood out to me. Well, that's another thing about this movie about Thanos in particular that I really enjoyed Um, in infinity war. Yeah. He's this omnipotent being who's getting these stones, but I feel like at the same time, the gauntlet itself in the corner right there is a MacGuffin in and of itself. It's one of those things like to, to you could question what, what is he without that gauntlet? That's what I loved about Endgame. Is it showed? Oh no, his his will and his mm-hmm. drive it it makes him dangerous. He is the most powerful enemy they've ever faced, even without the gauntlet. He is just demolishing. And again, like like you were saying just now, that's what's so great about this about this whole action scene is he goes, oh, you know what I should have done? You guys have really you guys have realized the mistake that I made. I should just mm-hmm. snap everybody away. I should kill everyone and start new. That also yeah. shows, oh, this guy is not someone to be messed with. This guy is is very, very dangerous. Yeah. Um, and, and then, then like, so then we have the moment, the moment Dr. Strange just kind of looks at Tony. He points at him. And so then there's a scuffle. He's like, I am inevitable. Boom. And it's like, tink. <laughs> He's like, what just happened? He kind of looks at him. He's like, oh shit. And then it goes over to him. It's like, it was like in his arm and it's like slowly going up. And he's like, I am Iron Man. Boom. And you're just like, it does that same like flash or whatever. And you're just like, yes. Cause it's like, that's the moment. It's like, you know, what's happening. Like the first one was like, what's happening, what's going on. But like, now it's like, we knew what it was. We knew the reversal that was going on. And so to see that or whatever, I almost thought for a second is like, wait, is 
is he not going to make Thanos disappear? Because he took just like freaking Peter did. He took so long to disappear. So like, I, I almost wonder if like, because once again, we're debating like the will of the, like did Tony, like, I want you to be the last one. And then he snaps and he has to watch everything go away before he finally disappears or whatever. It's just like, ah, yes. Yeah. Now I had a problem with this. What? Par- par- no, 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 no. I didn't Shut have a problem up. with it. No, I didn't have a problem with the scene. But after watching it, a lot of people were like, "How is he able? How was it in the first? Infin- how was it in Infinity War that it took so many characters to get this gauntlet away from them? But how is Tony able to do it like in like in an instant, basically, and and steal them from them? I was like, okay, that is kind of a plot hole. I was like, how is that? Possible? Well, it wasn't the gauntlet though, right? That, it was something it, Tony made. Cor- correct. So after I realized that, and then when I watched it again. I was like, oh, that's right. The gauntlet he made is just like his suit. It's full of nano nanobots. So you know so, what? It almost, and I don't mean to cut you off, but it's almost, but it, it feels like that he made it with that in mind that I can get these things. Like, you know, maybe it's somehow magnetized to his Iron Man suit in some way or something. Yeah. Well, basically that, that it was to, kind of planned out. Yeah. So since, since they're both made of nanobots, when he's fighting with him, all he has to do is just absorb what's in there and the stones will absorb to him. So whenever yeah. I realized that I was like, okay, that makes a lot more sense. But right. yeah, just if it would have, if it would have just been like, Oh, Tony snaps, but the fact that they visually show the stones going into place in his hand, it yeah, just exactly. makes that scene. Yeah, that's what I'm saying is it makes that scene that much better. Like if it, mm-hmm. if, it, if it was just a jump cut, oh, hey, I have the stones. Like it would have been like, that's cool. But the fact that you see them coming into place and it's Giddy. like, <laughs> but what I thought was cool too, which this is the only thing that I'm in the minority about in this movie. The I am Iron Man line I thought was cool. I almost wish it was something else. I don't know what it would be. But it's one of those when he said, I'm Iron Man. I was like, it is perfect. It, it's that's just a personal. So thing. What is it supposed to be? You I don't know. Picky little bastard. <laughs> I, I honestly don't know. I don't have an answer. That's just that's the only thing that I was like, OK, yeah, that's cool. But it was <sighs> awesome and it was earned and it was respected. So, boom, got you on both fronts. Yeah, just but, like your father did. Anyways, uh, wow. But, <laughs> but yeah, that's that's what I thought was great about the scene too is seeing the slow pan. Like it wasn't just everyone disappeared. It was the drip effect basically. Mm-hmm. And Thanos, you see the performance in Brolin's face. You see on his face, I lost. Yep. I'm just going to accept it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Such a good moment. And then obviously we get probably like, I guess it was the, this was the moment that I feel like affected me the most because it was just like, okay, something's seriously wrong. I don't think he's coming back from this and like seeing Tony get the, and the, the line, like I was already kind of like just a little, just a little tear, just a little tear. But the line that got me to just like full on, like, <laughs> like obviously I wasn't like that, but it was, it was pretty bad. Um, but the moment that got me was when uh, pots came up and she was basically like, you know, Hey, everyone's safe you can rest now and that moment just got me so good because literally they've had interactions before where she was basically saying hey you can't save everyone you can't and so to have that moment and it was just so respectful and earned um but to have that moment was just like you know hey everybody's good you know and and i guess it was also like she was accepting it which also made it hard because it's like, you know how much that means to her. That's her husband. That's the father of her child. And it's like, you know what? I've accepted this. I've accepted that this might be 
you know, your this might be how you go out. And she accepted it so wholeheartedly. It's almost like that one moment in like 300. She's like, you know, either come back with your shield or on it. And she's like, you know, that kind of mentality was like, you know, you're a warrior and you deserve like a warrior's death or whatever. It's just, Oh, and so, you, so good. Yeah. You also see the opposite effect with Peter in infinity where you Peter. see, you see Tony <laughs> like trying to save Peter and Peter in Endgame yeah. trying to do the same thing. And yeah. that again, him, him dying both times didn't make me cry. Like I got a little mm-hmm. bit more teary eyed the second time, but the, the line that got me the, the second time, especially was when Peter was like, Mr. Stark, Mr. Stark, it, when he starts like freaking out, I was like, Oh God. Okay, here we go. And then when, when Potts gives the line again, of you can rest. I was like, <laughs> well, was just, oh, man. well, you know what the, the saddest thing about that whole scene to me was, is that that is a line that is directly correlated to when he's talking to her about going to do the mission or whatever. And he's, and she's yeah. like, well, you know you'll not you'll never rest and that was like oh man yeah, yeah. foreshadowing foreshadowing a lot of foreshadowing in this movie but mm-hmm. but i guess you could say it was earned i guess i, I don't know yeah <laughs> well, that's what's also good too is that the people who are who are there with him are the people who care are the people who he cares about the most it's not like yeah. everyone traveling around it's roadie it's tony it's tony it's roadie it's pepper it's it's peter the people who he cares about the most in his life are the ones that are that are there and everyone else is in the background but i like how it wasn't like a one after the other like tony 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 it was the these people who you didn't realize were the most important characters in this universe because tony really is the center of this universe yeah um, it's just it's, it's the beginning of it and he is now the end of it yeah definitely ah, you know so, i am a man it started and ended in the same way yeah, yeah. And I mean, that's just such a good way to do it. Like the decisions of this entire movie is just so good. You know, even though, yes, there's some nitpicky things that we can do. The decisions that they made were just so good. You know, just like Steve, he goes back in time. And instead of coming back, he goes and sits on a bench and he's now like 70 or 80 or something. And I also like, you know, I also like how instead of just being like, yeah, I grew up, I had kids. He's like, nah, that story's just for me. And yeah, I'm like, that's yeah. cool. I like that. I did enjoy that. Oh man. The whole yeah. story and, and the funeral scene too, it's, it's powerful, but it also goes back to how beautifully, how beautifully well-made this movie is, is that scene in and of itself is a retrospective. Mm-hmm. Like the way they do that pan of you see the people who matter to him the most. And then you have cap and Thor and then it's a basically going teenager. That's well, see, <laughs> when I saw that, I was like, who the hell is that? That was good from Iron Man three. I didn't yeah. know that at the time. I had, Me neither. I, had to, I had to look it up and I was like, Oh, that's cool. But you know, in, and then having in the movie, I'm like, I think that's the, I think that's the kid that helped him. <laughs> yeah. But, <laughs> yeah. And then, you know, you have, and I thought it was fair that captain Marvel was in the, I mean, of course, Fury going to be in the back because no one's behind fury he's you know the same mindset of everyone like who can still carries it's like you're that type of person who's very like methodical person you can't have your back to anybody so of mm-hmm. course fury's in the back but i liked how captain marvel was the last one they, yeah. they respect another respect it's like this person just came in like she's honoring the person who just gave their life to save everyone but she's not in the forefront you know they don't yeah. shove that down our throat and mm-hmm. then there's only two parts of this movie that made me cry pots pots is not about resting and then when they're in the aftermath and uh, like they're at the funeral yeah. and he's like you hungry 
like, yeah. It's like, well, what do you want? She goes, cheeseburgers. And you see, you see Favreau's face. And he goes, your dad like cheeseburgers too. Yeah. And I was like, oh God, I'm crying. I'm 100% yeah. crying now. I'm just it's like, it's happening. Oh. It's happening. It's, it's definitely <laughs> happening. And then you have that great scene where it's the, the, he's giving the message. You know, and then he's talking about, no, it's fine, you know, because everything's going to work out the way it is. And, but you also know that he doesn't think that. And then he ends right. it with, I love you 3000. And it's like, oh my God. <laughs> God, you want to step on my heart right now. Right. Yeah. Um, and I mean, I hate to keep bringing it up, but, you know, it was on. It, 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 well, that too. <laughs> but no, I'm bringing up me. Thank you very much. Um, but no, being, being a father, this is just a moment where it's like, I put myself in that perspective. I put like, I can see like Zoe Ann being the one talking to Happy or Zoe Ann being the one seeing my hologram or whatever. And it's just like, breaks my heart so freaking much or whatever. And it's just like, I, I put myself in that perspective and it was just like it's just like the last like 10 minutes of the film it's like just when you thought you were done crying you're like nope nope they had to have one more for me it was yeah oh my god i'd really for whatever reason like i'm not a sad crier i'm more of a happy crier like yeah like mm -hmm. i'm cool at funerals right like i don't cry at funerals but as soon as there's a wedding dude i get really emotional like it's a really weird thing you know what I mean? Like, uh, there's a newborn baby. I get really, you know, like just like this moment of joy type thing. Yeah, I felt so happy for Cap because mm -hmm. all throughout the story arc, it was always, yeah, I missed my chance with the love of my life. I missed my chance, missed my chance, or you know, whatever. And I didn't have that opportunity, and then he had that opportunity, and then much like you said, was no, I don't, I don't think I'm going to tell that story. You know, I was just like, mm -hmm. I like it. Yeah, yeah. And, the, and the way you know. We'll say that for the for the for the very end, but the way it actually ended, I thought was was a perfect way to end this entire movie. Yeah, you know, the it's just it was perfect. Yeah, I mean, because I mean, if they very well could have ended it at Tony's funeral, and that would have been just as you know impactful. But ending it on Tony Stark, you know, or Tony Stark, God damn it, ending on Steve, you know dancing with his love and like you know just like this yeah. is the life that he decided to live instead of you know going back to this you know and it kind of almost goes back to the whole like tony thing where it's like hey everybody's safe now you can rest that's kind of if you look at it it's kind of the same thing it's like he didn't die technically but in a way you you kind of alluded to it before coach but it's like in a way he did die but it was in such a you know, polar opposites. You got Tony Stark literally dying and then him just like going out and living, you know? And so to have that was just such a good way to end it because it's like, here he is, he's happy. Everybody else is safe. He can, he can now live his life. It doesn't have to be because I mean, he has always been duty. I am about duty and respect and, you know, the, and the Patriot, he's always been a Patriot and everything. And so for him to basically just say, you know, everything's fine now, I'm not needed anymore. So now I'm going to think about myself and, and in any other situation it's like, well, that's kind of selfish or whatever. But in this, you know, it was just like that, that makes perfect freaking sense. Yeah. It works. You know, you don't need me anymore. You have Sam, you have Bucky Barnes, you have all these people. You don't need Captain America anymore. So I'm going to go and I'm going to live my life. You know, it's just, ah, oh, ah. Oh. And the fact that this is, this is how it ends. 
you know, it's been 10 years. It's been 22 movies. And that's how they decide to end it. It's just this entire movie. You know, I was a little scared. I was a little scared. Tell me if I'm the only one. I was a little scared that we were going to have like <laughs> Return of the King where it ends like five different times. I, I almost thought that I really <laughs> did, especially with the Steve Rogers thing, which yeah. I did not see coming, uh, especially after everything with the movie. Um, and then we also got the Tony Stark speech. And then we also got the Guardians of the Galaxy thing. Mm-hmm. Like it felt like it was like, I understand why they did it. You know, that wasn't really the issue, but it was still very much a, you know, this is kind of a, an annoyance thing in that, okay, we got what we thought was the ending. Like I thought it'd been a beautiful thing just to end right there on Nick Fury at the end. Cause he started all to the end credit scene mm-hmm. for, Aven- you know, at the end of Iron Man talking about the Avenger initiative and all that, you know, so it, it would have been great just to end there. Um, but yeah, I, I, they definitely had multiple endings. Yeah. Now, now there is a giant question that a lot of people have. And oh, yeah. I think it's something that, uh, that well, I'm going to bring up right now. You're talking about the endings. Um, were you guys confused at the whole Peter Parker thing when he went back to school? Yeah. Yeah. And they had to, they had to basically confirm it in an interview or something that, yeah, pretty much the entire high school was just snapped away. Yeah. They were like 50% of 50% <laughs> of, of living beings were snapped by Thanos. A hundred percent of Peter's <laughs> friends were snapped away. It's like, okay, that makes sense. That was like the unluckiest set of friends ever. But that was another thing that made me tear up was the second time, especially was whenever he sees Ned again right. and they start like hugging and crying. I got teary eyed. Cause I was like, Oh my God, dude, like, Oh, this is, this is going to, and it made me a lot more excited for, um, it honestly made me a lot more excited for far from home because I'm hoping that we're going to have a lot more of an impactful, like friend story. Like, Hey, yeah. we've, we haven't seen each other. Well, to them, it, it hasn't been that long, but yeah. Um, it, that yeah, that's was one thing they need to handle correctly because it's yeah. like, how do you go back to living a regular life after something like this? Like if they don't make this a main like subplot in the movie, like I'm going to be disappointed. I'm, I'm just going to put it out there right now. I will 100% be disappointed if one of the main subplots isn't like, Hey, he decides to go for Mary Jane because he realizes that that's the girl he's always wanted to be with. And because of what happened during in game, he realizes that he has to just go for it. And if that's not like one of the, if the whole fact that, you know, we were just snapped out of existence. If that is not a main crux in like a third of the movie and we don't feel, feel that impact, it's just going to be like, Oh, well, this is just a movie that happened to be written after it. I want to feel like it's after it. Of course, the day after we talked about this, the Spider-Man far from home new trailer came out and they're talking about pretty much kind of the same things I'm talking about here. So, you know, forget that as well. Yeah. It, it also like time wise too. It, 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 that's, that's gotta be something they got to cover because for people who are snapped, this is five years in the future. Like you got to think about what Fury's got to do. Fury's got to rebuild everything. Like it's, that's something they definitely have to handle. I, they're good. I think they yeah. will. Um, well, but imagine going to your neighbor Imagine going to your neighbor, they're five years older or they're dead because they got, 
you know, killed by some roaming gang of killers or something. And you have to still somehow go back to work. And it's like, okay, well, I used to work at the movie theater. So let me just go. Oh, it's destroyed. Okay. Uh... <laughs> Which also in the trailer for Far From Home, it makes sense why there's so much construction going on when he's swinging through the city. Because that was a lot of people like there's a scene when he's swinging through in the beginning of the trailer where they're like, are they building the Baxter Tower? You know, they're rebuilding something, but all this construction makes sense because everyone let the world go to hell in five years. So, right, so just to confirm, because I thought the, the whole thing with Far From Home was that it was confirmed to be before Infinity no. War. No, it was but confirmed, to be, confirmed to be after Endgame. It's, it, it, yep. See, okay. we, didn't, we didn't know when the trailer came out. We're like, when is this set? But it was confirmed, like, I think a week after the trailer dropped that it was going to be after Endgame. The movie set after Endgame. Okay. I, I just... I I guess I missed part of that, but just because I was like, it was confirmed before that it was before Infinity War. Yeah, con- like conflicting. Thought. Yeah, it's it's very conflicting reports or whatever. But yes, it is in fact. It is in fact over. It is in fact Which, after. Okay. Yeah, th- it's actually supposed to be the book de- bookend for Phase Four, Phase Three, Three. Oh, yeah. okay. Sorry. Or, yeah. Um, it was supposed to be the start of Phase Four, but they did some reworking. It's it's the end of Phase Three. Yeah. Yeah, which is so weird because this is pretty much going to be the Ant Man and the Wasp of this year. Nobody's going to give a crap about it. Nobody's going to. I mean, people will give a crap about it. I don't know. It's, it's just Spider Man. Like it is Spider Man, but it's I'm hoping also it's better than after Homecoming. Endgame. I'm hoping it's better than Homecoming. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. It's it's hard, and that kind of brings us to our next question: What the fuck happens next to the MCU because we just had this life altering event. You know, I will remember this for years to come. Any movie, any movie, whether it be in the MCU or not, any movie that comes out will now be, you know, kind of like, I'll look at it and be like, well, was it like in game or something? Was it, you know, which I mean, Maybe that's unfair or whatever, but still, I mean, especially Marvel movies. Let's at least let's at least say that at least Marvel movies. I will be looking at each and every single one of them, even if it is just the X-Men or whatever. It's like, well, was this as good as that? So as far as where we're going to go from what I can piece together because of what they've talked about and confirmed, they've they've talked about they're working on the Eternals movies. And what I think is going to happen after after phase three is I think they're going to focus on a lot of space stuff. Um, I haven't seen a whole lot about this, but people are saying that uh, potentially the next part, the next big entity is going to be Kang the Conqueror um, as far as the next big villain in the MCU. But I think I think with Far From Home, they're going to wrap up the like kind of grounded Marvel movie. And then at the start of phase four is when we're going to start to really get into kind of probably especially with Doctor Strange 2 into the multiverse kind of more like I think what they're going to do to summarize is they're going to expand the hell out of this universe and completely blow it up in terms of like we're going to go to space again. We're going to really dive deep into that and really going to get into because and especially in Endgame, they talk a lot about um, they kind of allude to how important Doctor Strange actually is. Right. You know, right. so, and we already knew Dr. Strange was powerful, but from what they're saying, he's a lot more powerful, a lot more important than we probably think yeah. that he is. So that's what I think is going to happen next is, is we're going to get really dive into the comic book nitty gritty of multiverse and different dimensions. And well, the eternal storyline is something I'm actually interested in seeing, because if you, if you've read it before, um, 
it talks a lot about celestials and it really gets fascinating. So I'm excited to see what they do with that. Yeah. Well, the big thing to remember too, is that they kind of got the big names out of there in a sense, right? Like there is no Iron Man. There is no Captain America. There is no uh, Thor. I mean, I'm, I mean, Thor will be in it. And I guess is, is Bruce Banner going to be in it too? Is Hulk confirmed to be in this uh-huh. next, or is this Mark Ruffalo's last one? Uh-huh. Uh, no, no, it's not. I they've never said it's his last one. Um, yeah, okay. But with them, with him being Professor Hulk, it would be stupid for them to just end his story, I think. Okay. So I was just, because uh, he still hasn't gotten an individual movie yet, right? No, not yeah, Ruffalo. True, <laughs> true, yeah. Not Ruffalo, right? So it's uh, it's going to be interesting to see what happens. Um, I personally, I, I've mentioned this several times on uh, Movie Fix and other places. Personally, I'm kind of done with the superhero stick right now yeah. i know we're gonna have a bit of a break after spider-man but man i don't know if i necessarily want something like this again in a year from now i think you yeah. know that 10 year build up yeah um i like i don't know i, I kind of just want to break from superhero stuff because there's I, so much being thrown out that's what i'm saying i think they know that i think that's why their focus is going to be a lot more on um making less super like it's gonna be a superhero movie of course but i think they're going to s- steer away from that being the focus of everything like obviously like avengers and stuff like that i don't think that's going to be their focus for a while i think their focus is going to be what can we do to see what more this universe has to offer in terms of hey this is a large i know what you're laughing at it's like <laughs> hey this is a, this is a like a large broad spectrum thing and another thing we got to keep in mind they teased it in guardians too Adam Warlock is a big, big character in the Marvel universe. And they teased Adam Warlock in the infinity saga was supposed to be captain Marvel. Captain Marvel was supposed to, they touted captain Marvel as the key to beating Thanos. That's what Adam Warlock was in the infinity um, storyline in the comics. So at the end of guardians two, when I don't remember what they're called, but the gold people, when they were talking about building the perfect human in that pod, that was Adam Warlock. And gotcha, so okay. he's actually important in the celestial storyline. So I think that's where we're going to get him. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, it, that, and then, you know, they, they tease that guardians three might be the search for Gamora. So I think what they're going to focus on is um, more emotional storytelling, like in terms of like character development rather than big action kind of focused super, but, uh, but yeah. I get what you're saying. That's how yeah. I feel about star Wars. And they're taking a break with star Wars after the last movie. So, mm-hmm. I, I get what you're saying. We definitely need to have a break. And well, so we don't have. Think, well, you just got to think, you know, 22 movies, essentially 10 years, right? They started back in 08. Yep. Yeah. So, I mean, basically almost half my life. True. Very you true. Know, we, they've been building up to this single movie, which is what makes it so special. Um, I just don't know how ready anybody is to go through that again. Yeah, you know, and I just, I just like, I wish they would take even a two year break. You know, we, we're getting the Spider Man, and then we're not getting the next Marvel movie for like a year, right? Yeah. Like the yeah. next October or something. But I don't think it'll be long enough. For yeah, me- I mean, they just need. I feel like, yeah, I, I just, I don't know what, what, what is going to happen next. What could possibly be just as good you know and this is kind of a turning point either they come up with another storyline that is just as 
you know, impactful, or they try a similar storyline, but now instead of taking 10 years to do it, they only take four or five. And then that's not going to feel as earned. Or they do try to take 10 more years. And then the same complaint keeps getting brought up that Marvel, all Marvel movies feel similar. So it's like, at, at this point, it's a no-win scenario. You know, this is... With them doing these Disney Plus shows, that's what furthers my thought process on them focusing on character development and person-to-person development. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. You know, because they're... they're exp- Which I wish they would have done... With, you know, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. is such an underrated show. We talked earlier about how in Avengers, we don't see the aftermath of, of the Battle of New York. In the first season of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., you do. Yeah, that's why Agents sure. of Shield was was for when it first came out was to show, hey, this is what's going on, but, but like after these movies, mm-hmm. and then it quickly turned into its own thing. But I think Disney and Marvel Studios is finally realizing their potential and what they can do with TV, and that's when they're coming out with these these different shows, the Loki ones and things like that. So that's why I primarily think that that the next thing they're going to focus on, instead of doing these big action set piece mov- movies like Endgame, is let's focus on these stories. Let's make yeah. these stories that we want to make. But again, I'm with both of you. I think, I don't know if a year break is long enough. Yeah. I mean, and since we are getting the TV shows, I mean, Disney Plus is going to la- launch in November. That doesn't mean every single every single you know series is going to be ready. But if it is kind of like the Marvel Netflix series, there's going to be one after another after another. So, I mean, we're just never going to technically get a break. It's just that we might get a break from the big screen adaptation. So, which, yeah. Which I, I think it's fine if you put it into a contextualized series yeah. or whatever, but... Like I said, just for me, like even from DC, you know, I don't want to see anything DC for a little while. Yeah. You know, (laughs) I'm just over the superhero, whatever. Like when I saw Shazam, it was good. I enjoyed it. But at the same time, I was like, it's just more superhero. Yeah. What's funny too is their their DC's shows are thriving. Mm -hmm. Like DC's, both of their shows, Titans and Doom Patrol, are getting such better reviews than their actual movies, which I think is hilarious. Hilarious. But then there are movies that there are shows that I actually want to watch. I just don't want to pay the subscription fee for them. So if anyone mm-hmm. wants to give me their DC uh, access account, <laughs> I will gladly take that from you and watch those. Nice. Um, but yeah, I, I we're going to hit this point, I think, throughout the medium where we're going to hit some kind of fatigue unless they just surprise us and they do things that we're not expecting. But I think that's definitely a big worry with a lot of people in movies and TV with these, you know, big superhero stuff is we're just going to get tired of it after a while. Yeah, which is funny because we wanted this since we were kids, since we were all kids. True, we wanted representation, true. and we're getting it. But now, for most people, we feel like, well, are we getting too much of it? <laughs> well, well, I think I'm it just... also does have something to do with the fact that we do get like two movies a year, at least, if not more. So they, that, I think mean, that's a huge factor. You're, you're talking about ten years uh, since 08, 22 movies. You're talking about two point two movies a year. Exactly. Last year we had three. Right. Mm-hmm. Yep. From yep. the time of Infinity, or not even well, not counting Infinity War, between that whole calendar year up to Endgame, you had like three or four movies. You had Black Panther, then you had Infinity War, then you had yeah. Ant Man and the Wasp, then you had Captain Marvel. Now you got Endgame. You had five movies basically in the past eight, you know, eighteen months. Yeah. If that, they, if they, what if they don't take a two year break? Then I think we just need a movie a year. Yeah, I'll yeah. be happy with a movie a year. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. You know. And that's kind of what we're going to get with this year long break in a sense, but 
but like Nick was saying, they're giving us those Disney plus shows, which most of them I think are going to be available at launch. I think they said a lot of Disney's Disney really? Plus's hmm, original content is going to be available at launch, whether it's going to be episodic or if it's going to be like binging. True. We, yeah, I, true, I don't true. think we know those details yet, but like Nick was saying, you know, we're actually not going to get a break because we're going to be getting these shows, but that's yeah. what I'm hoping from the shows is they're going to be very character, which for the two in particular, the Bucky or sorry, winter soldier and Falcon and one division. I think those are going to be character driven stories. Yeah. 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 Well, especially I mean, with Falcon being captain America now, you know, yeah. right, so right. I, I, I feel like that show is basically going to be Falcon trying to figure out how to be captain America, which I think would be awesome to watch. Definitely. Right. Definitely. I mean, I'm super interested. I feel like we all are interested. It's just, you know, maybe we do want a little bit of break, but we want to hear from you guys. I mean, this was a long thing. If you've stuck with us until now, thank you so much for sticking with us. Um, but let us know your guys' thoughts. What what are the parts you liked? What are the parts you didn't like? You know, let us know. We were very, very in-depth for sure. So if there's anything you guys want to talk about, you know, let us know. You can go to TX3 Productions on twitter or thread x3 productions at gmail.com make sure to look out for our updates for nerd radio your national nerd net radio direct that is coming very soon for our samples in june one sample per week on fridays very excited for that and we are working our butts off to make that happen for you guys so i hope that you guys check it out for us and give us your feedback let us know what you think about it give us requests give us suggestions anything you want for that thank you so much for joining me i was nick and with me today was nate t falls and coach and this was thread x3 production where we don't have an outro because this was a special event now I think the best way that we can end this event is right here. No, stop. No. Stop it. Stop it. The only way we can end in an in-game spoiler cast, we're going to snap it away. <laughs> He's so happy about that. <laughs>